Hello, this is Josh Gondelman. No, I'm sorry, I'm Josh Gondelman, and this is Make My Day, a comedy game show. The world is a stressful place to exist, so every week I try to make it a little nicer for about half an hour. I play a game with a guest or a team of guests who are guaranteed to win because they're the only contestants. Throughout our gameplay, I assign points based on how much their answers to my questions cheer me up specifically. And then at the end, the winner or winners win a $100 each donation to the charity or aid cause of their choice. And of course, as every week, we give pep talks to cheer up the person or group or idea of our choice because this isn't all about me. It's just mostly about me. My guests today are two of the smartest and most interesting writers and critics around, two of my favorite people to read and listen to. Together, they are two-thirds of the Night Call Colin podcast. Please welcome to the show, Molly Lambert and Tess Lynch. Hello. Hello. Hey, Josh. Thanks so much for having us on. Thank you for being here. Um, we're recording in different time zones, so it's it's like still kind of day where you are. Yeah, it's it's getting dark, though. I mean, now that we're in in the evil dark season, which Molly loves. Oh, I love it. But I was going to say, it's just barely still light. It'll it'll be closing in any moment now. <laughs> and Tess, are you less into the darkness? How could you tell, Josh? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm super not into it. I feel maybe it was all the time I spent on the East Coast as a kid mm -hmm. where you see the sunset and you're like, well, I guess that's it for the entire day. <laughs> yeah. It, it almost feels like, you know, the sky is your parent and it's like, go to bed. Mm -hmm. No, it's not go like to go bed. to bed. It's like the, it's night, the night is starting. Now you can right. it's party do time. night activities. But it's, we're in quarantine. What kind of night activities are there other than thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's yeah, it, favorite. <laughs> the sun goes down and it's, it's the stewing hour. Yeah, exactly. it's the time to make stew. You can start cooking. You can stop working. <laughs> or you just stew on your thoughts. Mm -hmm. You're just alone with your thoughts. You do both. Yeah. You get a slow cooker going and then you just ruminate. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's like when the sun goes down, especially right now, because it's like the, the curtain of darkness falls, it's like the whistle blows. It's like, okay, we tried to do some stuff today. Like we may have achieved mm -hmm. it or maybe we didn't, but now it's time. To just make a stew. And, uh, now it's the giving up hour. <laughs> watch, Wayne's, watch Wayne's World or something. This is a perfect excuse and, and moment to jump into our game. <sighs> our game today is called... I. We don't have transitions between seconds. I just do a deep sigh. <laughs> that's, I, it worked for me. I was like, now, now we're serious. Yeah, now it's time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> our game today is called Insomnia Activities. Your podcast, Night Call, cultivates the kind of candid and slightly surreal feeling of a late night hangout. So therefore, I think you're the ideal candidates to cheer me up by suggesting the best things to do when you're up late at night, unable to sleep. This has been a big question for me this year, and I'm excited to hear your answers, which I will judge, of course, based on accuracy, creativity, and most importantly, how much they delight me personally. Tess and Molly, are you ready to play Insomnia Activities? I'm super ready. I was born ready. Wonderful. Me too. Let's, oh. <laughs> Good. Good. I was worried. Yeah, it was just like, Molly, do you need another minute or I something? Was like, I was like, was I born ready or did I just get ready mm -hmm. last night? <laughs> Nature versus nurture. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start here. This is the first question. What is the ideal late night snack and why? Please be as specific as possible, including the quantity of snack and how it is best consumed. I mean, if we're talking about ideal, like what I imagine when you say a late night snack, it's like a Dagwood sandwich or something, mm -hmm. but that's mm -hmm. not actually what I want. And 
if we're in like the before times and it's late night and you're at like a diner, like I love a late night breakfast. But now it's more just like, what can I like pour a bunch of into my mouth at 2 a.m.? Mm-hmm. And lately it's been cereal, eating a lot of dry cereal. <laughs> I know that sounds really appetizing. Why no milk? Because it's not about like having a meal. It's about like grabbing fistfuls of uh, dry cereal and shoving it in your mouth in like a half asleep trance and then waking up to like cereal all over the floor. I'm the opposite. I need to have, when I midnight snack, I take it really seriously. So I do an entire spread um, because... Yeah, well, I it, during the day I graze, and that's like a different kind of snacking. But I feel like late night snacking, you want it to be super exciting. So what I do is I take um, like ramekins and I put a little of every leftover I have in the ramekins, but just a tiny bit, and then I put it on this. I have this like it's not really like a cheese board or anything. It's really like a huge melamine thing that I'm sure is meant for parties or something, but I make it just for me. And then I do, have you guys ever had Tom Cord grapes? No. They're really good grapes. They're like a, a cross between Thompson grapes and Concord grapes. So they're like seedless, like dark. Oh, they're such good grapes. So I have like the grapes and then like an array of leftovers. And then I usually have like little toasts. Ooh. Wow. You throw like a cocktail it's party crazy. for just yourself. Just a cocktail for one. Yeah. That sounds great. I love your lifestyle. Oh, thank you, Molly. It's it's my quarantine lifestyle. It's an adjustment I've made since lockdown because I'm like, well, this will be festive. This is something I invented before the pandemic that really came back in the pandemic is this concept called Mm self-grandparenting where you are like, because just like self-parenting I thought was funny. So I was like, what if it's like self-grandparenting where you treat yourself like a really nice grandparent would treat you? Like maybe it's your grandparent's if they were mean, maybe it's like just a general idea of a nice grandparent. Sure. And that person would be like, you know what? Make that package of mozzarella sticks just for yourself to enjoy. That kind of makes sense when you talk about like the cozy winter night falling early thing is if you treat it like self-grandparenting, then all of a sudden you can kind of enjoy it. Maybe I'm just being too hard on myself and I want to be ultra productive and I need to self-grandma myself. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's your mode of self-grandparenting is to be productive. It sucks. It sucks so bad though. I should change it. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm the mean grandma. Maybe you should take a break. <laughs> And watch Retire from movie. the steel mill, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Working her fingers to the bone. <laughs> Are you one of those grandmas Bruce Springsteen writes about? <laughs> I'm the grandma in the mine. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a great answer. I think there's just so much here, right? Cocktail party for one, self-grandparenting. This is one of the best answers in the history of the show. This is 150 points out of the game. Yes. Wow, amazing. So good. I'm so happy about this. Next question. What is the absolute best Wikipedia rabbit hole to go down late at night? And if you don't have like a favorite existing Wikipedia rabbit hole on hand, like what's one you wish existed? What's like something you wish you could just like learn all about, but maybe it's not at your fingertips? Uh, You pick the right people because- I know. Oh yeah. We go down Wikipedia rabbit holes all day long. Another thing I've been doing, even though you can't do it in real life and I have no desire to whatsoever, but I've been watching a lot of videos about the history of theme parks on YouTube. Ooh, wow. Learned yesterday there's a ride in Alton Towers that is Wicker Man themed. <laughs> what? Yes. Now I'm obsessed with that. 
But I've also been reading about stilt houses on Wikipedia of many cultures because I was going with the getting dark early. I was like, it's Baba Yaga season now, which is when everyone retreats into your house, your cabin with chicken legs. <laughs> and Baba Yaga season has returned. Yes, Baba Yaga season. But then I was conflating it with Streganona who is yes. Italian um, mm-hmm. and cooks all the pasta. I was just like, yeah, like you go to your cabin, you cook a lot of pasta, so it like flows out the doors and windows. It's That's definitely Stranganona season. <laughs> <laughs> it is Big Anthony's fault. That's true. Stranganona <laughs> gets a bad rap. It is Big Anthony's fault. Stranganona is just a very, she's a generous, she's a self-grandparenter yeah, also. Just another sure general, is. like a chill grandma vibe. Yeah. But she's also kind of strict. She gets on Big Anthony's case. It's true. Uh, with good reason. But honestly, I was shocked that they couldn't finish off that pasta. I was like, this is an entire village it just, of Italian people. I'm sure they can do it. It just makes mm-hmm. me want to eat a lot of pasta, which is what I want to do also when it gets dark early and it's cold. It's like, mm, I'd really like to eat like an infinite amount of pasta. I'm going to go with a different choice for my Wikipedia rabbit hole, which is the list of people who have disappeared is a Wikipedia entry that then has all these subcategories of like people who have been lost at sea, missing planes, solved and unsolved, all of that. Because you can go from there, like you can start off pretty broad and then really hone in. And then if you find a case that's interesting, especially if it's unsolved, you can head over to Web Sleuths, which as far as I can tell is like the most speaking of grandparents, like the most elderly online community. (laughs) And they're very sweet, but it's mostly people who appear to be grandparents and they're like very invested in solving cases. So you feel kind of like the most youthful person in the room, which is such a nice feeling. And you're trying to be helpful and solve a crime. You're not going to solve the crime. No. At, in the in the middle of the Angela night. Angela Lansbury is already on it. <laughs> She's on it. She can do it. But it makes you feel like you're like I'm going to really like get to the bottom of this. So it really is an endless hole that you fall into. These are great answers. There, I feel like there are so many rabbit holes in here. I love the idea of being a sleuth and helping the elderly. <laughs> Or just feeling invigorated by how old they are. <laughs> this answer is worth 99 points. All right. Another yeah. one. Nice. Another, just another hot one. Huge. Next question. Let's say you've woken up from a dream and it's still the middle of the night. What are the qualities of a dream that make you want to like remember it to tell to someone else? I feel like I mostly focus on if I have a feeling that anything in the dream was prophetic and Mm. I want to warn people, which is, it never has been prophetic. Like I've I've never had a dream (laughs) that has come true in any way, shape or form, but it's like, you have to cover your tracks. I mean, you cover your bases. If if it feels prophetic, you still reach out. You have to because otherwise no one will believe you when it happens and you're like, I dreamed this. So it's almost, you just have to kind of go around being like, I just want to say, so you know that there's going to be an earthquake tonight and I'm calling it now. (laughs) And then it doesn't happen and people kind of forget and then you do it again and maybe they're like, I don't know, I feel like you've done this before and you're like, but (laughs) but you may as well believe me every time. So I've done, I've done a lot of those where I'll call my parents and be like, you guys shouldn't go anywhere. And they're like, for how long? And I'm like, I don't know. I had a dream and you shouldn't go anywhere. Just in case, you know, <laughs> just make sure they're being cautious. If they did go somewhere and and they had some kind of misfortune, you'd feel so bad. I would feel terrible. Well, if I kept it to myself, I'd be like, yeah, I'd feel terrible. I mean. I'd be like, I could have right. prevented it. 
So it's really important to keep them in check and make sure they don't leave the house at all ever mm-hmm. by scaring them. With your with your dream prophecies. With my dreams. <laughs> yes, that's great. Uh, in honor of your prophesying, that answer is worth 88 points, which is, of course, the number of miles per hour you have to be driving in a DeLorean to go into the past or the future. Nice. <laughs> Next question. You wake up and see a text in the middle of the night. Maybe the text woke you up, maybe it didn't. What is like the most exciting thing that you could get in a, in a text in the middle of the night that you're like, oh good, I'm glad I'm awake for this? My first answer that I put down was like, oh, I won the lottery and I then changed it. And uh, I now I'm seeing that Tess put that she won. Yep, that's <laughs> why. <the> lottery. <laughs> that would be amazing that you, someone texted you to tell you you won the lottery. Well, because so I don't know how, if this is true across the country, but in California, there's something. I'm, Molly is, I don't think, as addicted to playing the lottery no, as I am, so she thing. might not mine, know. Mine would be like, you won the lottery even though you've never played it. So, <laughs> no. I, I do play the lottery, and there's this thing. I don't do it often. I, I buy like two tickets a week, a scratcher and a regular. And the scratchers, if you lose, there's this app where you can scan the barcode and it will enter it into second chance. And the the app is super janky and like I have no faith that there is even a second chance mm-hmm. lot. Like I think it's it's a weird, not quite a scam, I think, but <laughs> right. it's just like an illusion of like, just keep checking. The, like, I don't know if they contact you or how they would contact you or anything. I don't even think I have like an account. So I don't think they'd know how to contact me, but it's an app on my phone. So when when I thought about this question, I was like, well, it makes sense that they'd text me if I won the second chance scratcher. Yeah. And I don't know how much money that would be because I wouldn't be excited if I woke up in the middle of the night and it was like, you won $2. But I'm, I would be very excited if they were like, you just won right. $15,000 and we thought we'd text you at 3 a.m. to let you know. I'd be jazzed. So I think that's the best one. That's amazing. And Molly, you also said lottery at first, but you don't play, which would be very exciting. I don't play. And also I was like, oh, like, I'm sure everybody says that. Maybe I'll change it to like, I mean, really the thing I would be the most excited about right now would be like, hey, the vaccine works and everybody can get the vaccine We kind of got some of that, didn't we? Like, we're almost there. But then I was also like, why would they be texting me in the middle of the night unless they were like a scientist working on it right then? And then they like shouldn't be texting me. They should just be working. (laughs) Back to work, scientists. Or or taking a break to enjoy right. some self-grandparenting. Not <laughs> texting me who, you know, I'll find it out eventually. Right. How did the scientists get your number? Well, yeah. <laughs> or just like, text me in the morning. It's fine. Yeah. But they're just excited. I feel like if I, if I was a scientist that w- the moment the vaccine worked, you would have to wild horses couldn't drag me away from texting everybody I've ever right. met. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, don't you think, like, Dr. Frankenstein was probably just, like, blowing up all his friends' texts? Like, it worked. <laughs> this time it worked. <laughs> yeah. I told you I was going to bring man to life. <laughs> and you didn't think my prophecy was real. <laughs> and he totally would have texted in the middle of the night, too. Like, it, Frankenstein was definitely, like, a, an insomniac yeah. in the middle of the night kind of guy. He was having lots of snacks. Yeah. <laughs> lots of snacks. What do you think Dr. Frankenstein's snacking on? Obviously cocktail hot dogs. Pigs in blankets. <laughs> that's so Franks. that's so correct. Franks. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. Yep. Um, the mad the, the mad scientist lifestyle sounds very appealing, actually. Mad scientist does sound a lot more fun than regular scientist. Yeah, it's always raining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have all those kind of like small aquariums with like life forms that aren't quite fish floating, bobbing around in there. All your test tubes, they're bubbling (laughs) 24-7. 
24 steps with the bubbles in the test tubes, for sure. If you're mad, that's mad life. That's, that's mad, hashtag mad life. Hashtag mad life. <laughs> Amazing answers. This is so great. These, this would be incredible information to get in the night, right? Like lottery information, very exciting, unless it's like $2. And then mad scientists finding the vaccine. I would just be hyped. This answer is worth 140 points. 140 Another points. Another one. Another nice. one. It's perfect. Okay. Next question. As an adult, if you for some reason had to play truth or dare, what is one question you would be very excited to force your friends to answer? I think a fun icebreaker is, do you think the moon landing happened? That is a good icebreaker. Josh, do you? Isn't part of the deal that you have to say or no? I don't know that that's part of the deal, but if you say <laughs> it I is, it I'm easily bullied. So Excellent. That is a facet of the show is I'm pretty easily bullied into whatever the guests want Except to Except about cocaine. That's true. I have yeah. not done cocaine on this <laughs> so show says. or off it. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. I mean, yet, oh. but also ever. <laughs> Wait, that's got to be the dare then, right? The dare is for me to do cocaine. Yeah. The dare is like after we all get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just like take you out and it's like weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> Mountain. Just weekend at Bernie's. I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you won't be after we give you the really good cocaine. So then I, you'll right. come right that's back right. to life. So you kill me and then bring me to life with cocaine. <laughs> Now we're the mad scientists. Look at that. <laughs> oh, no. We told you our plan. <laughs> this oh, is man. the maddest science I've ever heard. <laughs> I just feel like all these things from the turn of the 20th century have come back. Why not medicinal cocaine? <laughs> Why not put it in a soda? Oh, wait. Yeah. Put it back in a soda. Put it back in the soda. My friend Cheryl had a really good joke that was, uh, it's called LaCroix because it used to have cocaine in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. It's very yeah. funny. Shout out to Cheryl. Shout out to Cheryl. I, I'll tell you what, you 50 bonus points thanks to Cheryl. Yes. <laughs> Great. Wait, moon landing. I do think it happened. Do you not think it happened? I am just not fully convinced. I, sure. I used to be totally convinced. My friend who's a, an actual moon landing skeptic mm-hmm. would say, like, why did it only happen a couple of times? And then never again. I get, my answer to that would be like, there's not that much popping on the moon. Yeah. Oh, there's water now, though. Now that we've found the water. Yeah, we'll go back. We, ha- we are really required to go back. Then you can do you can do ecstasy and hydrate. Well, so just, this is big. Okay, see, there you go. Yeah. I think I'm just anti going to other planets. Yeah, I get that. I don't think I don't think man should go to other planets. I it's like kind of like you can't have any dessert until you finish the planet you already have. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Like we fucked up this one so badly and I've seen like a James Cameron documentary where he basically is like, "Oh, why can't we like drill on Mars until we finish exploring the stupid Earth oceans?" I guess. <laughs> yeah, we don't deserve it. We don't, we don't deserve, deserve Mars or the moon. Yeah. What is your favorite conspiracy theory to contemplate? Do you have a fa- or current favorite? I went on a podcast called Lizard People recently, and this was why I was looking into cloud seeding because I kind of entertain the idea that the government controls the weather. But I don't like to be associated with the people who believe that. Sure. Because I think it's more like, I don't think it's like, the like anti-Semitic Rothschild right. like lizard people thing. It is a it is a quick hop, step, and a jump from the government mm-hmm. controls the weather to the government is the Jews to the Jews control the weather. There you go. <laughs> yes. 
But there there were a couple of like operations, including one during Vietnam where the government did control the weather and then lied about it. And then later they were like, yeah, we totally made extra monsoons. So I know that the government has controlled the weather, which makes me kind of like inclined to think that they're working on it yeah, right now. I get that. Um, and it could be used for good. Like, I mean, I would love if they could divert hurricanes and make it rain in Los Angeles more often and stuff. And I'm a weather obsessed person. Don't play God. Can't play God with the weather. You can play God a little bit. Just a little. It, it, what's the difference really? Self-grandparenting. So, you know, you, you can order up some weather. Tough can have a as little. As a treat. A little chemtrail. <laughs> yes, as a treat. <laughs> Molly, do you have a favorite? I got really into the RFK assassination conspiracy this year after getting into the JFK sure. assassination conspiracies for the first time. Getting JFK pilled. We all watched Oliver Stone's JFK. Sure did. So good. All just knew, I didn't know a lot of the stuff about the assassination conspiracies when I was tweeting about the RFK assassination conspiracies. Because again, that's something where there's not as much out there as maybe I would like there to be. I almost said that's like the hipster Kennedy assassination. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but that's it is a little, a little disrespectful. Bit, it's, it's the B side to the JFK yes. assassination, the, the deep cut. It's probably the same. People. I always love flat earth stuff, but that's one of those other ones that's like, well, when people are into the flat earth, it's like one degree from like, and you know why the Jews don't want you to know. And it's like, come on. It's always, that's all where it always goes. And you're just like, guys. Right. No, I, the earth's just flat. It's just fun. It's, right. It's just why does it look round when you're in a plane? Or can you blame someone else? The wasps, the wasps. Because that, uh, there we go. The wasps. That is also the truth is that there is a cabal of elites that control everything. They are just not. Wasps. Yeah, they're just they're just Jeff Bezos. Right, and they're just like allowed to, yeah. and we all know Elon who they Musk, are. And like yeah. we all know who they are. It's not secret. Mm -hmm. They have they like accumulated a billion billion more dollars during the pandemic. The wasp dog wealthy during the pandemic, and to bring it back to earlier in the podcast, killed Nicolas Cage in Wicker Man. There you go. So <laughs> that is right. Only in the remake. Yes. Well, you, yeah. Nicolas Cage is only in the remake. What do you think he's up to during the quarantine? I feel like he might. He might be having like a really eclectic time. He's right doing now. weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his house seems from descriptions of like his belongings and mostly giant weird things acquired at auction and stuff. That's like the place I would least like to be for eight months of lockdown is like with a bunch of dusty skulls, you yeah. know? He's not like swiffering his skulls. No, he's at all. He's like holed up in a wing of a mansion just Googling catacombs to see when they go on sale and trying to yeah. acquire more crypts and stuff. Need more catacombs. Need more catacombs. He's he's probably very spendy since court. I mean, you know how like sometimes at night you're like, oh, I'm so bored yep. because I haven't done anything. I'm going to like buy some pants. He's probably just like, I'm going to buy some body parts. <laughs> <laughs> this is perfect. This answer is easily worth 176 points. Oh, nice. Yeah. Again. Just awesome. setting huge records this whole episode. That is the end of our game of Insomni Activities. With the inclusion of the 50 bonus points from the last question, your final score is 703 points, which is the highest all-time score in Make My Day history. Incredible gameplay. How do you feel? Wow, I'm shocked. I'm stunned. <laughs> I feel great. Feel? And guess, guess what? It's dark now. Yeah, I know. In case you couldn't tell, 
<laughs> because I'm I'm uh, on video and it's completely dark in my room. <laughs> I'm sorry that your moods are going in opposite directions or Tess like yeah. it's dark now and Molly's like, it's Molly time. That's it's right. Molly time. It's Molly time. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. As the grand prize winners, you each receive the grand prize of a $100 contribution to a charity or aid cause of your choice. You can pick separate ones or, go, or do the same one. Where will the money be going? I would like to jump in with Tess on her charity of choice. Hooray! I have chosen NARAL Pro-Choice America, which is the oldest abortion rights advocacy group in the U.S., and they're doing really important work right now. So, yeah. That's wonderful. What a great choice. I think that it's such an important cause now and always. And I'll put all the information for people who are listening to donate to NARAL if they'd like to as well. I'll have that on the show's social media. Cool. Thank you. Of course. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Josh. Thank you. This is a great, that's such a great choice. Finally, the pep talk. We end our show. We each give a pep talk to a person, group, thing that we think deserves it this week or needs it this week. I'll go first. My pep talk is for the hour of 4.30 a.m., specifically 4.30 to 5.30. 4.30 a.m., you're no one's favorite time of day. If someone's awake at 4.30 in the morning, they're likely either up for work and exhausted or still awake after a long day and exhausted, or they've woken up and haven't been able to get to sleep, and yes, they're probably exhausted. The only real exceptions are people who party very hard, which is not possible to do for more than a few nights in a row, and very muscular Hollywood movie stars who get up before dawn to lift weights, eat a high-protein breakfast of boiled beef shards, and then do like an hour of praying slash planking. But 4.30 a.m., you are a valuable part of the day. You're when bleary-eyed parents bond with their fussy infants. You're when loopy and unique ideas are hatched. You're when mistakes are made, even if they are not learned from, until a different, more sensible hour. And the best thing to do at 4.30 a.m., sleeping through it, is often taken for granted. 4.30 in the morning, you are the unsung hero of the night, bridging the gap from late to early, unseen by the majority of the population. Like a referee or an umpire, you're only really noticed when you're making people mad, and that's unfair to you. If 4.30 didn't exist, we'd just skip to what? 5.30? No thanks. We lose an hour of sleep once a year thanks to daylight saving time. We can't afford to give up 60 minutes every night. So thank you, 4.30 a.m. Keep doing what you do in darkness and silence. And next time I see you, I will try to remember not to curse you too viciously. Molly and Tess, please, in whatever order you would like, or together. Wait, Josh, that like literally, for some reason, brought me to tears. Like, I'm so emotional. I'm so sorry. About No, no, I was like, that's really true. Like, that's a really important time of day. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the children bonding with their parents. Jesus. Okay, I'm good. Mine's for paprika. <laughs> Paprika's had a rough, a rough go of it over the past couple of weeks because I saw that everyone realized that it's made from bell peppers <laughs> and which like I had no clue what paprika was, but it's made of bell peppers. And so people were like, oh, I guess I'm now realizing that it doesn't really have like a flavor and that they were kind of projecting flavors onto paprika that weren't actually there because it is just like bell pepper powder. And it got me thinking about how paprika is like such a gentle spice. Like it it doesn't really do much, but it does an important thing, which is make food more red um, <laughs> and, and kind of golden. And like the other day I was even eating a deviled egg and I didn't put paprika on it. 
And I thought like, it just, it feels naked. It feels undressed. And then I just sprinkled some of that paprika and I was like, God, like, thanks paprika. And then I made a hard boiled egg with a different egg from the same <laughs> batch of eggs for my daughter. And she only eats them if I make them have ears. Like if I carve little ears out of them. So I carved ears and I was like, you know, I can't use a peppercorn for this animal's eyes. And I thought paprika, she can't taste it. And it's like paint. And I painted a beautiful face on her little egg. And then she bit off everything I'd made and said, look, it's its brain in there. And I said, <laughs> yeah, now finish it. Thanks paprika. This is an all-time classic of the genre. Okay, good. <laughs> That's so good. Thank you. Molly? I mean, I can't possibly top that. I also kind of do think paprika has a flavor. Subtle. <laughs> Very subtle. What about smoked paprika? So it's a smoked flavor, but doesn't have a paprika flavor because paprika doesn't really have a flavor. But it has a color. You're so right. It does have smoked a color. Smoked air has a, has a flavor smoke, of smoke. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked your egg creatures also. You've been posting them online, and they're so Thank funny. You. I want to give a pep talk to squirrels. I think squirrels are underrated. I have had less stimuli because I've been home all the time. So when I sit outside, I pay a lot of attention to squirrels and what they're up to. And they're just so acrobatic. They're very impressive to me. And sometimes I'll just see them like jump from a tree branch to another and I'll be like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> they don't give you enough credit for how cool and hard that is. I'm a big fan of all the urban vermin. So squirrels, you keep doing what you've been doing. There must be a reason for you to be in human society or you wouldn't be there. I love that. I am so impressed by squirrels because like they, the stuff they do that just intuitively, constantly, it would literally end my life. So I, I tip my cap to them. Thank you. Another great pep dog. Thank you, Molly. That's That's been the show. I'm Josh Gondelman. This is Make My Day. Thank you again to this week's champions, Molly Lambert and Tess Lynch. Molly and Tess, where can people find you and your work if you'd like to be found? You can find me on Twitter at Molly Lambert, and you can find us both at Night Call Podcasts on iHeartRadio. And I am Mr. Tess Lynch on Twitter <laughs> because Tess Lynch was taken and for really no other reason. And I have a newsletter called the LA Weather Letter that goes out whenever I feel like it, but not too often, hopefully. It's so good. Oh, and thank the podcast you so much, is so Josh. good. I'm a huge LA Weather Letter fan uh, and a huge Night Call fan. This has been the show. If you have your own answers, listeners, to today's game of insomnia activities, tweet them at me, at Josh Gondelman. And Meryl, uh, the, the information for that to donate will be in the show notes. Well, that's all the Make My Day for today. Thank you once again for listening. Make My Day is a Radio Point production produced by Houston Snyder and Naomi Steinberg, executive produced by Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. If you like the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And it's a huge help to the show if you have a second to rate and review it as highly as your conscience allows. We'll be back next week. Until then, have several nice days.